You're listening to a 1FM podcast. And it's that time of the week again. I've got Steve on the line. How is it going, Steve? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Done what everybody else did and watched a bit of the Queen's funeral and all that and had the sound turned down while we listened to our Monday night show. So that was a good way to do it. So it's all right. <laughs> That's good. Well, I missed the start of the Queen's funeral. I was here, so I didn't stay up to watch it all anyway, but I think a lot of people watched it. It was, even oh, though I, if I missed it. Yeah didn't watch it all. Got to about when they put the hearse in to stop in after the long march and that was it. So yeah. decided that about 20 to 11 and that was quite enough, thanks. Well, goodbye to the Queen and who are we going to talk about this week? Well, we're doing a female, but for, not for that reason. Just I've done three or four this week and I thought this particular lady was one that would be one that everybody or most people would know and it's Connie Francis. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely heard of her. Lipstick on my collar, is that the one? That's one of them. That's one of many. Okay. And, well, we'll start off, well, we'll get straight into it because there's a fair bit to talk about here, Josh, so away we go. Her name, real name was Conchetta Rosa Maria Franconero. Oh, was she Italian? She certainly was. Oh, I didn't even know that. There you go. As you'll find out a bit further on, you'll definitely know that she was Italian. She was born on December the 12th, 1937 in Newark, New Jersey. Oh, Sopranos country. That's right. Frank Sinatra, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of people seem to have been born in New Jersey. So yeah. a very, very interesting place to be known. I've got a friend of mine who lives there and not far from Newark, so, but she can't sing all that well, so there you go. <laughs> but anyway, she grew up in an, in an Italian Jewish neighbourhood and became quite fluent in Yiddish because of that. And, and that'll enable her to record in Yiddish and Hebrew and might add quite a lot of other languages. She was encouraged by her father to appear at talent quest pageants and other festivities from from the age of four, would you believe, and both as a singer and an accordion player. She was advised in 1950 of two things. One, to dispense with the accordion, uh, and which she gladly did because it was too heavy, and to change her stage name because it was a bit of a mouthful, as we've just mentioned earlier. And so she changed the stage name to Connie Francis, and she took a job as a singer on demonstration records, and for which established singers would perhaps listen to afterwards and perhaps decide to record them professionally. They moved to a place called Belleville in New Jersey and she graduated from an art school there in 1955. And an NBC show which she was in called Star Time Kids, which ran from 1953 through to 1955, she appeared on that show quite regularly. She was encouraged to uh, do some recording of songs and she did that. She recorded four songs in a recording session and hoping to sell the songs to a major record company under her name. MGM got wind of it and they did eventually sign her and she recorded a song called Freddy which was her first song. It flopped unfortunately along with her next eight solo singles so it didn't get off to a very auspicious start. Despite these failures she turned out that she was a voice for a couple of actresses in a couple of these teen flick type movies. One, one in 1956 called Rock 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 which starred Tuesday World and also also in 1957, a woman by the name of Preda Holloway, the singing voice in the background is actually Connie Francis. And that particular movie was called Jamboree. I can truthfully say that I've never heard of either of them and I don't think they were A-grade movies anyway. 1957, Connie Francis did a duet single with a fellow by the name of Marvin Rainwater. That is a great name. And it was called The Majesty of Love. Now, this song actually peaked at number 93 on Billboard. And eventually it sold over a million copies. So we must have had something going for it. 
MGM, however, advised her that her contract would be terminated after her next solo single. I think she had the opportunity to do 10 solo singles, and that was part of the contract. Now, that, according to my calculation, was probably number 10, although she did a duet. So they probably counted the first song with Freddie and the next date as all being failures. And anyway, it turned out to be that the last the next song, Who's Sorry Now, which was a 1923 song, which she didn't actually like. And this turned out to be another story of the artist not actually liking the song that they did. But it did actually turn out to be the Catalyst. It actually debuted on the Dick Clark show on the 1st of January 1958 and actually reached number one in the UK and four in the US. And for the next many appearances on Dick Clark's American Bands in the next four years, and for those four years was voted the best female vocalist. She had two failures following Who's Sorry Now, but then a Neil Sedaka pen song called Stupid Cupid came along, and it reached number 14 on Billboard and number one in the UK. So she'd actually had back-to-back number ones in the UK. Then followed, I'll just give you a list of the songs she had prior to 1960, and the next song that followed was a song called My Happiness, and it was number two on the Cashboard and Billboard chart and Stick On Your Collar, which was five and three, and Among My Souvenirs was seven and five. And now those songs were in 1959. He also recorded an album called Connie Prance's Sings Italian Favourites at the Abbey Road Studios in August 1959. And it, and it peaked at number four on the chart. And then there was a couple of other songs. One was Mama, which was taken from the album, and it was released as a single, and that reached eight in the US and two in the UK. Overall, she had, well, I'll do a further discography from 1960 onwards, but overall she recorded seven more albums between 1960 and 64, including Jewish, German and Irish favourites. Discography from 1960 reads as follows. So just bear with me. Everybody's Somebody's Fool, which was actually a B-side, Amazingly enough, this was a, another one of those songs that they started playing. The, the A side was no good, and the B side turned out to be the hit. It was number one, and it was she was the first female artist in America to top the Billboard chart. So that was a remarkable achievement back then. Then she had My Heart Has a Mind of Its Own. It reached number one. And a song called Many Tears Ago reached seven and nine on the Cash Box and Billboard chart. And now this particular song, Many Tears Ago, is one of many songs she recorded in foreign languages. Now, this expanded her recording portfolio to up to 15 languages. She was naturally not fluent in all of them and had to learn some of them phonetically. But that's still a great achievement and a good way to sell more songs in different places. In 1961, he had Where the Boys Are, that was uh, for Cashbox, for Billboard. And that was from a movie of the same name, and that starred Yvette Mamou, I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly, and Dolores Hart. And then followed the Breaking in a Brand New Broken Heart, 7 and 5, and When the Boy in Your Arms, 10 and 8. And 1962, Don't Break the Heart That Loves You, 1 and 2. Vacation, 9 and 10. I'm Going to Be Warm This Winter, 18 on both charts. Followed the Boys, 17 and 11. And Blue Winter, in nine, that was in 1963. And 1964, Blue Winter, 20. 24 and 16, so plenty of songs within those four or five years. Mentioning about many tears ago about how she recorded in many languages, I'll put down further here. This made her very popular in Europe, of course, as she was supposed to be the number one singer in many countries during that time.
the song called after Don't Break the Heart because loves you. This which was a third number one. This led MGM to give her the complete freedom to record whatever song she likes. As he went from having to do the last one under the theory of duress to having complete freedom. So that was a pretty good effort on her part. Now, of course, with the British invasion, once again, we hear the story that the charts and sex began to wane after, say, 1963, early 64. But she was able to make adult contemporary and country charts aside from the normal pop charts and enjoyed chart, chart success until her contract with MGM actually ran out in 1969. She had a song with success with Tire Yellow Ribbon Round the Old Oak Sea, which most of us are familiar with, with Tony Orlando and Dawn, in 1973. And she was returning to regular performing. But unfortunately, a very sad life issue occurred in 1974 when she was brutally raped in a motel and the culprit was never found. Now, she won a $2.5 million judgment against the motel chain where the rape occurred but unfortunately went into a deep depression and in 1977 underwent a nasal surgery, completely lost her voice and was, and was unable to sing for quite some time. However, in 1970, later in 1978, she actually recorded an album on United Artists called Who's Happy Now, as distinct from Who's Sorry Now, one of the other songs that we mentioned, and recorded in many different languages. And in 1981, another single called I'm Me Again actually made it onto the uh, adult contemporary chart. Continuing along with the misfortune that the family had, in 1981, her brother was actually murdered by mafia hitmen. And after some live performing, Connie was diagnosed with manic depression. I'm not surprised. He was committed to a psychiatric hospital, unsuccessfully attempted suicide in 1984. So it's a fair bit going on in her life, unfortunately. She then released an autobiography in that year. I recorded a double album about four or five years later, in, or actually in 1989, called Where the Hits Are. And in 1992, a medley of her biggest German hits charted in that country. But once again, that European influence was very helpful to her. 2004, she headlined in Las Vegas for the first time in 15 years. And in 2007, actually performed a sold-out crowd in San Francisco. And in 2010, appeared with Dionne Warwick at the Las Vegas Hilton. And along with the other parts of her life, she had the misfortune she ended up marrying four times. And most of these marriages were very brief. Some of them didn't even last a year. But the interesting one was that she had actually had a fling with Bobby Darren. But her father disapproved of Bobby Darren for some reason. But she did later say that it was the biggest regret of her life not marrying him. Although I might add here, of course, Bobby Darren died fairly young in his late 30s. So... I don't know whether that would have been all that helpful to her either. Mm. Anyway, she was going to have a biopic of her life done, but it stalled, unfortunately, because Gloria Estefan, who was going to play her, had organised to do the whole box and dice. But Connie Francis didn't like her choice of producer and wanted to have her own producer do it. So it turned out that it stalled and never eventuated, unfortunately. Going back to 1969, she actually won Female Recording Artist of the Year in the Foreign Division and the Italian Walk of Fame Celebrity inductee in 2009. Now, she actually appeared in, in seven movies. Now, I dare say... Most of these were B-grade movies. I think Where the Boys Are, I think it wasn't a bad movie. There's a couple of other, the other ones that I mentioned earlier, Rock, Rock, Rock in 1956, Jamboree 57, Sheriff of Fractured Jaw. Now, I didn't put any anything about these particular movies. That was in 1958. Where the Boys Are, the title song, 
that she made a hit with 1960, Follow the Boys, which I think was a sequel, was 1963, Looking for Love, 1964, and I think the final one in the series there was When the Boys Met the Girls, an original name, 1965. Unbelievably, and then I get on my on my case again here. She's not in any halls of fame. Wow! And all those amazing, um, unbelievable songs that she had, and also being the first female artist to top the Billboard chart, still couldn't get a Guernsey in the Hall of Fame. I am staggered, quite frankly. But again, I'm surprised as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just a small voice in a big, very small voice in a big. I don't think that my disapproval or disappointment will be uh, registered anywhere, but. That's, that's another story. I've written down here that Connie Francis was a female star. You know, that's the trendsetter. And lots of other things I could say about her, but I think the songs that she had probably speak for themselves. And my first choice, Josh, is Everybody's Somebody's Fool. Thank you. And here it is. Here's Connie Francis, Everybody's Somebody's Fool. And nice song, and thank you. Pretty amazing story she had. It was a sad story. Yes, a fair bit of sadness. I'm actually I'm, I'm quite amazed that she's still with us, which she is, so uh, that's very good. I saw actually a, a video of her performing at one of those concerts that I mentioned before. She certainly wasn't as good as she was, but she just certainly looked okay and, and performed reasonably well under the circumstances. But I'm staggered by some of the some of the decisions that, or non-decisions that people make in relation to some of these artists back then. I won't go any further with that, but I'll yeah. give you the other choices of songs and Josh, as you would appreciate, there were that many of them. It's very difficult to make a choice. I've gone for a couple, one happy song, which I think is a good one, uh, Vacation. Yep. And a Lipstick on Your Collar, which is a, at least it's up tempo. It's not too morbid. And Who's Sorry Now? Yep. Well, we can do all three of those. And thank you. Anything okay. else you'd like to say? Well, I think I've said everything I wanted to. She was one of my uh, favourite singers there. Some of the songs, I have to admit, were a bit on the morbid side, but perhaps in times of deep reflection, but, you know, people sitting there would say, well, that's a pretty sad song. I don't want to play that one. But there were there were other good, rollicking, happy songs too. So I think there was a fair mixture, and she's certainly a very, very talented artist and certainly deserves a mention in our little segment. Yeah, very talented, and she's still alive too. Still going, still going along, and yeah. at 80, 85 this year, so and I think it's amazing that she's actually still with us, considering some of the things that have happened to her. But good on her, and she continues to be around for a bit longer. So yeah. thanks for that, Joyce. Appreciate that. I think it's been a very, very good one, and really enjoyed doing that one from Connie Francis. And I say to everybody each week, stay healthy and stay out of trouble, and Look forward to catch up with you again next week. Yeah, take care, Steve. All the best. And look forward to talking to you next week. Have a good one, mate. Thanks. See ya. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.